0: Welcome to the Uncle Eric Presents Crime Fiction Podcast featuring classic radio shows, crime, murder mysteries, and suspense shows. We're so glad you tuned in for this current classic episode. But first, a few show comments and episode notes from Uncle
1: Eric. Welcome back, folks, to yet another exciting episode from the Uncle Eric Presents classic radio shows. This episode is from the classic The Avenger series featuring Jim Brandon, alter ego of the Avenger who was a biochemist that invented a telepathic indicator and a secret diffusion capsule, both of which helped him fight crime. This episode is titled, Department of Death. This episode is brought to you by BoomerFlix.com. At BoomerFlix, you can watch hundreds of the old classic television shows and classic movies that just aren't shown on television anymore. If you're a fan of the old TV shows and movies, then BoomerFlix.com is just for you. Also, please visit Uncle Eric's website, UncleEric.com to see and listen to all the series radio categories and episodes. Make sure to subscribe to my podcast, so you don't miss any episodes. Also, please consider becoming a Patreon supporter to get access to bonus episodes from show titles and episodes not available in the regular podcast. It would be greatly appreciated. Now, enjoy this great episode from The Avenger titled, Department of Death.
2: The Avenger, sworn enemy of evil, is actually Jim Brandon, a famous biochemist. Through his numerous scientific experiments, Brandon has perfected two inventions to aid him in his crusade against crime as the Avenger. The telepathic indicator by which he is able to pick up thought flashes, and the secret diffusion capsule, which cloaks him in the black light of invisibility. Brandon's assistant, the beautiful Fern Collier, is the only one who shares his secrets and knows that he is the man the underworld fears as the Avenger. And now, The Avenger and the Department of Death. The employees of Khan's department store are beginning to crunch in for the day. Among the early arrivals is Mabel Darling, who hurries toward the employee's elevator.
3: Oh, good morning, Mr. Kilgore.
4: morning, Mabel. You're
2: in early this morning.
3: Mm-hmm. My clock must have been fast. My, Mr. Kilgore, your windows certainly look pretty this week.
4: Oh, thank you, Mabel. I've had quite a few compliments on them. Too bad I can't hold them over for another week. Saved me a lot of work.
3: Mm, I'll say. I wonder what's holding up this elevator.
4: I don't think Joe's come in yet.
3: Then where's the elevator? It's always parked here on the main floor overnight.
4: Call up through the grating. Someone else may have taken it up.
3: Mm, it's not in the basement. I can see down it. Mabel, oh, Mabel, Mr. what's Kilgore, the matter? Oh, Kilgore, come over here quick. Well, what is it? Look. Down there at the bottom of the shaft. It's Grady, the watchman. He, he looks like he's dead.
5: You're right, Inspector. Looks like Grady died from a fall. What floor did you say he fell from? Uh, it must have been the 5th, Jim. I checked the automatic meter on the main floor when I came in. And it shows that Grady made his last time check on the 5th floor at midnight. Well, let's go upstairs and have a look. Okay, all right, O'Brien, you take over here until my men arrive. Whatever you say, Inspector. Brian. Come on, Jim, let's get out of this shaft and take the elevator to the 5th. To the 6th, you mean, Inspector? 6th? I said he fell from the 5th, Jim. Yes, but the elevator in that shaft would have to be parked above the floor from which he fell. We'd better check that first. Now, uh, get in the elevator, Jim. Sixth it is. You didn't uh, permit any of the elevators to be moved, did you, Inspector? Only this one. I took it down to the basement myself. I ordered all the employees held on the main floor. Good. Now, what have you found out about Grady so far? Well, he's been a watchman here at Con's store for 15 years. Steady fellow, completely trustworthy. Who's this fellow, uh, Brian, you left on guard in the basement? He's a store detective. Here we are. Ah, there's the elevator, just as you said, Jim. Uh-huh. Very strange. Oh, what's strange about it? You expected to find it here, didn't you? Yes, but would you mind explaining why Grady rode this elevator up to the 6th... and then left it parked here and used the stairway to the 5th floor? Ah, no, Jim, don't start that. The first thing Come I on, know... Come on, Inspector. You... Let's take a look at the 5th floor. We'll take this elevator Grady used. All right. Now, there's no doubt in my mind this was an accident, Jim. Nothing valuable was stolen or the alarm would have sounded. So don't try to stir up anything. Oh, a perfect landing, Inspector. Well, say, who's that coming in from the stairway? That's uh, Mr. Kahn, the owner of the store. Must have something important on his mind to climb all those stairs.
2: Inspector? Inspector White, I want a few words. Yeah? With you? What is it, Mr. Kahn? Well, how much longer must I keep the store closed?
5: had a sale advertised for today. Several hundred people waiting outside. Give Brandon and me ten minutes more, then you can open the door. Mr. Cohn, uh, we would also like to have your permission to question some of your employees. Question my employees? What for? If Grady's death was accidental, it must be proved so to the satisfaction of the police department. Oh. Well,
2: naturally, I want everything to be cleared up properly, but... Well, look here, Inspector, there's no need to make a scandal out of a perfectly natural accident.
5: I have some influence in the right, city... right, you'd better I... take care of your own business, Mr. Conn, and I'll take care of mine. Now, give us ten minutes more here. All right.
2: All right. It's
5: not that I don't want to
2: cooperate in every way possible, but as far as I can see, there's no need for a prolonged investigation.
5: In other words, Inspector, watch. we mustn't let a little thing like murder interfere with Mr. Conn's business. Now, wait a minute, Jim. Don't jump to any conclusions. Now, why couldn't uh, Grady have fallen down the shaft here? <laughs> really, Inspector... That question isn't worthy of you. So why not? Well, first of all, these grating gates may look old-fashioned, but they lock and unlock automatically from the inside. But Grady would hardly have pried this door open in order to fall down the shaft accidentally. Oh. Uh-huh. Now, I admit you've got something there, Jim. But what do you suppose did happen? Grady was killed or stunned by a blow on some other floor. Brought here to the fifth floor in this elevator. Parked right here on the floor where we're standing while his murderer took the elevator to the sixth floor. Left it there. Punched the time clock on that floor. Walked down the stairs. Punched the clock here. And pried open this gate and threw Grady down this shaft. Ah, that's all guesswork, Jim. You have no way of proving any of that. I can prove all of it, Inspector. I'm listening. Well, Grady had a bad gash on his head, didn't he? Yeah. Look. They're on the wall of the elevator. About 30 inches from the floor.
4: Yeah.
5: Looks like a small blood stain. Now, look at the floor. Right here where we're standing. There's a larger and more distinct stain. But why should the murderer overlook evidence like that? Only a few dim lights are left burning on these top floors at night. The murderer didn't see it. Now, last but not least, look at the marks on this outside elevator door made by a sharp instrument. Recently, bits of metal are still clinging to the marks. All right, Jim, where do we go from here? We start looking for the answer to three very simple questions, Inspector. Where was Grady murdered? Why and by whom? Oh, very simple. Going down, Inspector. Please face the front of the car.
3: Jim, this is the first time I ever spent a whole day in a department store without buying anything.
5: Well, I've discovered that shopping for clues in a busy department store is practically impossible, Fern.
3: It's almost closing time. Can we call it a day?
5: No, let's finish our examination here on the main floor.
3: All right. Jim, in that little room next to the book department?
5: Oh, that's where the vault is kept.
3: Oh. Say, this room on the right looks interesting, Jim. It's marked no admittance.
5: Oh, that's for us. Come on, Fern. Seems to be some sort of storeroom.
4: Who's that? Customers aren't allowed in here. Oh, oh, it's you, Mister Brandon.
5: Uh, yes, uh, you're Kilgore, the window decorator, aren't you? That's right.
4: I'm getting things ready to change the windows tonight.
3: Heaven, are you going to use all these dummies in the windows, Mister Kilgore?
4: Yes, Miss. I planned a party motif uh, to display these various costumes.
3: Hmm, that should work out very well.
4: Well, this first group of dummies is for the cocktail party window. Those for the dinner party. Uh, that group over there for the theater party. These and afternoon clothes are for the, uh, bridge party.
5: And these last five will attend the supper club party.
3: Oh, the clothes are lovely. That blue dinner dress is stunning.
5: When do you begin dressing the windows, Mr. Kilgore? Right away. I was just about to strike the set of that first window when you came in. Oh, well, don't let us keep you. I'm just doing a little routine checking on the main floor layout.
3: Do you mind if I watch you for a while, Mr. Kilgore?
5: No, not at all.
4: I'll explain the procedure if you like. Oh, thank you. Well... First, I take off my shoes and put on these woolen socks. That's so I won't leave any marks on the rug. I see. One of the side windows opens right off this room, so I dress that one first. See, that way I can get started before the store closes.
3: Seems strange looking at a store window from the inside.
4: I dare say. Uh, This little dummy I'm bringing out now did a very good job this week. The dress buyer told me she sold every dress she had in stock of this model.
3: Where do you put the dummies you take out?
4: Oh, in the rear of the storeroom. We have a sufficient number to alternate. Uh, pardon me, I'll be back in just a moment.
3: Surely. Oh, Jim, come here and have a look at the world as a dummy sees it.
5: Well, since I'm beginning to feel like a dummy on this case, I might as well become acquainted with the outlook. Hmm. Very befitting. The view is extremely limited.
3: You sound awfully low, Jim. Of course, I don't blame you much. We haven't a accomplished... Ben! Ben! Look at that rug. What's the matter with it?
5: There's a deep print of a man's shoe there near that table.
3: That's strange. Kilgore couldn't have made it.
5: Uh, No dummy is heavy enough to make a print as deep as that.
3: Anyway, the one dummy he took out of this window was over on the other side. Jim, do you think this means anything?
5: It means that a woman's curiosity is a wonderful thing, Fern. Thanks to you, at last we're actually on the inside of this case looking out. (laughs) Shelvin, you're in charge of the jewelry department, aren't you? That's right, Mr. Brandon. Until just a few weeks ago, their jewelry was on the mezzanine. Why was it changed? Mr. Kahn decided to enlarge the department. There's more room to display here on the main floor. I see. You're planning a big diamond sale as soon as the new shipment arrives, aren't you? Why, yes. How did you know about that? Mr. Kahn told me I wasn't to mention that shipment to anyone. (laughs) Well, it seems to be a fairly well-known secret, Sheldon. Mr. Kahn won't like that at all. The new vault for the diamonds is over there in the room next to the book department, isn't it? I'm sorry, but I'm not at liberty to... Oh, well, I know it is. And also that you and Mr. Kahn are the only ones who have the combination to that vault. Mr. Brandon, I hold a very responsible position here. I don't want to jeopardize it in any way. If you have any further questions, I prefer that you direct them to Mr. Kahn. There goes the closing signal. You'll have to excuse me. Finish up this report, Fern, and then we'll go out for dinner.
3: Oh, I thought you'd forgotten all about dinner, Jim. It's almost nine o'clock. Well, the
5: inspector will want this tonight, but we'll hurry it up. Uh, Where was I?
3: You just finished stating that you were convinced it was an inside job.
5: Oh, yes. Take this down, Fern. Ready? I intend to check thoroughly on all the store employees who didn't check out at the regular closing time the night Grady was killed. This will include all who checked out early. Those who were absent and the few who may have had reasons for remaining late. I'm also working on the angle that there may be a direct connection between the murder of Grady and a plan to steal the diamonds when they arrive. But so far, I've found nothing to substantiate this theory. That's all, Fern.
3: Oh, good. I'm stuck. Oh,
5: uh, add this P.S. to the inspector.
3: Go ahead, Jim.
5: Meet me in front of the department store tomorrow afternoon at 4.30 to conduct a very important experiment. Uh, Jim, what are you up to? Why did you want me to meet you in front of this store? Inspector, we're going to pretend that we're two employees of Con's department store. We either checked out early or we didn't show up for work today. Anyway, we're outside the store according to our time cards. Now, if we're outside and can prove it according to our cards, we can't be suspected mm-hmm. of any crime that might be committed inside, can we? Oh, I suppose not. That's the kind of evidence that holds up in court. What are you trying to prove, Jim? The purpose of this demonstration is to show that we can go into the store and remain inside after the store closes. All night if we want to. Yeah? Now, here's a complete list of the employees who were absent who checked out early the night Grady was killed. We can discount the few who left late because they couldn't get back in past the watchman at the employee's entrance. You'll notice that this list includes a number of employees you've already met and whom we now have reason to suspect. Well, now we're getting someplace, Jim. Who were they? There were 15 all told. But the ones you know were O'Brien, the store detective, Mabel Dawney, who discovered the body, Kilgore, the window decorator, and Shelvin in the jewelry department. And uh, don't forget Mr. Kahn himself. He doesn't have to check in and out of the store. I'm not forgetting him, Inspector. He's on my list. Well, well, what do we do now? First, we walk inside the store, just like two ordinary customers. Then, we make a very unusual experiment. <laughs> Inspector, the door to one of the side windows is right behind us. I'm going to open it now, and we're both going to step inside the window. Of all the crazy ideas you ever come up with, Jim, this is the craziest. Come on, Inspector. We're invited to a cocktail party with five dummies. Hurry. Now what? Sit down on that bench. You'll be part concealed by those two dummies. I'll stand over here behind this lovely lady in red. You can talk, Inspector. No one can see your face, but. Don't move. How long do we have to stay here, Jim? Until after the store closes. Maybe this experience will teach you not to make me prove everything to you the hard way. Where's Fern? Why couldn't she have done this instead of me? You're the one I have to convince. And besides, Fern is up in the toy department questioning Mabel Darnie. Oh, there goes the gong. It's closing time. Oh, how much longer? We're going to stay here like this until everyone is left. Oh, this is carrying things too far, Jim. Be careful, Inspector. Don't move. One of those window shoppers is giving your suit the once-over.
3: finished questioning Mabel last night, it was time for the store to close. So I went outside and watched you and the inspector in the store window. My, you look
5: natural. <laughs> we saw you, young lady, and I might add that wasn't part of your assignment. I
3: know, Jim, but I wouldn't have missed it for anything. Well,
5: what did you find out from Mabel, Fern?
3: Well, inspector... She knows all about the diamond shipment that's expected, and she has a terrible crush on Mr. Kilgore, the window dresser. Oh, that's
5: no help. Now look here, Jim. We're moving too slow on this case. Inside job or outside job, I've got to find the man who murdered Grady and find him quick. Get that murderer, all right, Inspector? But it may take a few days. A few days? Have you seen the morning papers? Why one of them went so far as to print my picture and caption it "The Police Department Dummy." I've got to make an arrest in this case within the next 24 hours, Jim. All right. I promise you that by 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, you can make an arrest, Inspector. You, you know who the murderer is, then? I didn't say you could arrest the murderer. Oh, stop talking in circles, Jim. What do you mean? Well, I know who the murderer's accomplices, And since you're so desperate to make an arrest, I'll deliver him. Then it's up to you to make him talk. Here comes Mr. Kahn now, Inspector. Uh, I hope you know what you're doing, Jim. Uh, Good morning, Brandon. Inspector? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Mr. Kahn, we're going to make an arrest here. What? I sent for you because we want to handle things as quietly as possible. An arrest? Who? Roger Kilgore, your window decorator. Why, you must be mistaken, Brandon. Kilgore... Kilgore was implicated in Grady's death. One of his windows was deliberately arranged... so that someone could hide in it without attracting attention on the outside. And someone did hide there the night Grady was killed. If it wasn't Kilgore... Then Kilgore knows who it was. Bring Kilgore in here, Mr. Khan. Well, I'm afraid I can't. Kilgore didn't show up for work this morning. What? Well, has he called or anything? No, not yet. Come on, Inspector. We've got some work to do. Now that we're out of the store, Jim, would you mind telling me where we're going? We're going to drive out to Kilgore's home, Inspector. I don't like the look of this. my cars are on the side, here. Wait a minute. Take a look in that second window, Inspector. What? Why's Kilgore? He's sitting on that bench where I was the other night. He has some nerve sitting there in the daytime. Come back inside. Quick! That's the window, O'Brien. Open it up.
4: Uh, not so fast, Brandon. I have to have a good reason to open these windows.
5: And I'll give you one. Kilgore's inside there. Kilgore? Well, what's he doing in there? That's what we want to know. Open the window and tell him to come out.
4: Okay. Uh, come on
5: out, Mr. Kilgore. There's something wrong here. Inspector, come into the window with me. You too, O'Brien. All right, Jim. Sure. Hey, Brandon, I don't like the way he looks. No. Kilgore has been propped up on this bench for hours. He's dead.
3: How was Kilgore killed, Jim?
5: He was given a hypodermic needle full of poison, Fern.
3: Jim, this case seems to be getting more hopeless by the hour. Khan's store seems to have added a new department, the Department of Death.
5: Well, the whole thing has taken an unexpected turn, but... Things are beginning to add up. For instance? Kilgore was murdered by someone who no longer needed his services and wanted to get him out of the way. That time element ties up with the big event scheduled to take place at the store today.
3: You mean the arrival of the diamonds?
5: Yes. I think the plan to steal the diamonds furnished the motive for both murders. Grady evidently discovered something in connection with it and was killed before he had a chance to reveal what he knew.
3: But, Jim, why should the murderer stay in the store at nights before the diamonds arrived?
5: In order to make preparations for the theft. What those preparations were, I must discover today.
3: Well, I suppose we can eliminate Kahn and Sheldon.
5: Why should we eliminate them?
3: Well, you said they both knew the combination to the vault. They could steal the diamonds any time they wanted to without any preparations.
5: Yes, and be accused of the theft immediately. Also, in that case, there's the burglar alarm to consider. No, our criminal is much too clever to employ such obvious tactics, Fern. But
3: why should Kahn want to steal his own diamonds?
5: They're heavily insured.
3: Oh, Jim... Shelvin hasn't been absent or checked out early since the day of Grady's murder. So, how could he be guilty of murdering Kilgore in the store last night?
5: Oh, I'll admit that's got me stumped. But not enough to eliminate him. Come on, friend. We're going back to the store. And this time, we're going to concentrate on the book department. here, Fern. I want to pick up a copy of Dr. Ledlow's book on crime documents.
3: Oh, I saw it here in this large bookcase the other day, Jim. I can find it in a minute.
5: Oh, all right. I'll browse around a little in the meantime.
3: Oh, Jim. Yes? Come here a minute.
5: Well, well, what is it?
3: Look at these books. They're completely disarranged, and some of them are upside down. This whole bookcase is a mess.
5: Well, yes. It certainly is. That's it, Fern. I've got it. What, the book? No, the solution to this whole grim affair.
3: Oh, at last.
5: Fern, Kong's department store is going to have an extra watchman tonight. This is a job for the Avenger. Now, the bookcase is out of the way. About half an hour before the watchman and O'Brien come down here again, I had the jewels out and this case moved back. Who's there? It's the Avenger, Sheldon. The Avenger? I'm here to close your department of death and bring you to justice for the crimes you've committed. How did you get in here? Your crimes invited me. I can't see you, Avenger. But my gun can find you. Kilgore and Grady got in your way, and you killed them. But you won't find it quite so easy to rid yourself of the Avenger. You're there in the corner, Avenger. I'll get you, all right. (laughs) An invisible target is no target at all, Sheldon. I'll find you. You're missing badly. Do I shut you up? Now you're harmless. Your gun is empty, Sheldon. What's going on here? Uh, Sheldon, it's you. O'Brien, arrest Sheldon. I think you know the charges.
3: Well, Jim, now that Shelvin is in custody and the newspapers have elevated the inspector to the status of crack detective instead of dummy, would you mind bringing me up to date on a few of the facts?
5: Not at all. We have to make out a full report on this for the inspector anyway.
3: Well, tell me briefly first, what was the clue you found in the book department?
5: Well, as you know, the diamond vault was in that small room that adjoined the book department. The back of the vault was against that wall. Now, the other side of the wall in the book department was completely hidden by that large bookcase. On the nights that Shelvin managed to stay in the store, he moved that bookcase and went to work on the wall. He broke through a section of it and succeeded in drilling through the back of the vault, leaving only the black velvet lining to be broken through at the last minute. But the clue? That bookcase was too heavy to move with the books in it, so Shelvin had to remove them. The night before the diamonds arrived, he was in a hurry and left them upset. That was the clue I needed.
3: But how did he expect to get the jewels out of the store?
5: After the death of Grady, Shelvin got himself an outside accomplice. By that time, he was quarreling with Kilgore anyway, and he knew he'd have to get rid of him. We picked up this accomplice this morning, and he explained the whole setup. After Grady's death, it was too risky for Shelvin to check out of the store early and come back in to hide. So he hit upon another idea. He hired a man who bore an amazing resemblance to him to check in and out of the store for him.
3: Very clever.
5: Shelvin's plan was to steal the jewels and stay in the store all night. The next morning, just before time for the store to open, his accomplice would check in for him pick up their jewels in the washroom where Chauvin had left them in a shopping bag, and then exit from the store just as the early shoppers were coming in the main entrance.
3: And in the meantime, Chauvin goes to the safe, gives the alarm, and is under no
5: suspicion. Right.
3: Well, Jim, could we get the inspector's report out right away? I'd like to leave early today.
5: Oh, I can tell by that glint in your eye you're going shopping.
3: Yes, I am.
5: Well, murder or no murder, I suppose no woman alive can be expected to spend three days in a department store without buying something. (laughs) Characters, names, places, and plots used in the
2: Avenger program are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. This is a thought. A thought. A thought. Remember, listen for another adventure of... The Avenger. The Avenger.